This is the 51st episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter and the first one of 2016, a whole new season and that should be interesting for everyone. Big major change coming uh, your way on BLFS and how it's going to work. Matt had a wonderful time with on the hockey rink. I had a wonderful time on a rink but for another one. We discussed a bit about blurry stuff on CrossCon, the best of 2015 provided to us by Sports Illustrated. They're just fantastic photos. Episode 51 is next. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line! And ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. Konnichiwa, this is Yu Voko. Shalom, this is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. We are going straight into one major change that we're going to make from this season, uh, 2016 season. We have signed up with uh, Patreon, and we basically need you to pay us to do the podcast as well as training ground patreon really is the vehicle i think paypal really wasn't working very well for a lot of people and decided that this is actually patreon's better way of doing it basically patreon is a website that you can go to where you get to pledge certain amount of money per month for a particular podcast and so in this case it's it's us so basically there are three pledge levels Level 1 is $10. You get to ask 12 questions a year to us and we'll answer them on the show. Level 2 is $20 uh, per month and Matt will send a radio or do something nice for you. Uh, You'll also get to have the 12 questions a year. And then you also will get a complimentary critical beatdown which is our portfolio review service that we do separately. Level 3 is $30 and basically you know everything you get on level 2 plus a photo session with Matt and I per year uh, for like 30 minutes photo session and then plus t-shirt and you also which I think is a really big thing is you will be able to enter four images on training ground instead of two that you are currently allowed to do right now and Matt will now tell you why we decided to go with Patreon and why we are charging. So we've been doing this podcast for five years and as those years have passed you and I have gotten busier and busier on the road constantly syncing up our schedules and trying to record has been more of a challenge as you can see by uh, we did fewer training grounds and fewer podcasts last year this is an effort to keep the podcast going at the previous level where there was a podcast every month and a training ground every month if you look back at some of the people that came to us really not being able to shoot at all and now some of them get published fairly regularly. Some of them have gotten freelance gigs. Some of them have gotten full-time jobs. Um, This works. And the people who have been with us for a while know that. And if you don't believe us, ask them or go back and look at the progression of their photography. This is worth something. Attending workshops and going to portfolio reviews, things like that. It's real money. It's several hundred dollars to do that. It's a few thousand to go to any good workshop. This is not very much money and it will ensure the future of regular episodes of this. We're not gonna password protect it. You're still gonna be able to download this and look at the training ground and enter in training ground, but we need you to do this. 
everybody who listens has benefited and we are spending real time on this. So allow us to keep this a priority and let us turn down a gig once in a while to be able to do this. Uh, that's the important part. So you're still gonna be able to listen, you're still gonna be able to watch, but we need you to do this. So go and sign up, uh, whether it's 10 or 20 or 30, you need to sign up for something. So help us help you. There will be some changes made. You'll, we'll get to some of it later on during the show. But the one major one will be that we will not be answering any more questions on Flickr.com's group page. So if you basically ask us any questions about, oh yeah, I bought this uh, 402.8 lens from Canon. I like to know how to use it. We are not going to participate in those discussions anymore because if you want to ask questions like that to us, for our opinion, you should basically pledge on patreon and ask us directly we will be happy to answering those questions on the show directly you can still ask those questions and have the blfs army basically you know chip in their point of view but matt and i will not be answering any more questions off that sort on flickr.com's group page any other stuff um we'll kind of get into later on training ground is going to be exactly the same two images um exactly the same thing that's it but we're going to keep on going happy new year by the way News. Here news, both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month, and we talk about ourselves because we're egomaniacs. Maybe we also get, you know, we also need to get paid as well, so. December. Oh yeah, I did uh, figure skating, so that was my, my best of the month. Grand Prix final in Barcelona. The Grand Prix final is not a final, but like Grand Prix final, which means I think all the top people who want to the Grand Prix events during the year get to come and participate and do all the things. So it's kind of like the Champions League of the entire year for figure skaters, if that makes any sense. It's like the NCAA tournament with like 16 teams instead of like 512 it's there right now. You know, it's quite much smaller thing. And that was quite good. Um, I enjoyed it because I don't really get to shoot figure skating that much these days. Also Star Wars, obviously was my best of the month the worst is nothing really photography wise i actually had a very all i had to you know i did a portrait shoot as well for a football player japanese football player who plays for Schalke uh for a magazine and then that was that was good that i spent the word i'm sorry this is non-photography related but um my wife and i caught the uh, the norovirus on the day before christmas we never we didn't end up going to uh her parents place in france so we basically spent the um, entire Christmas in bed. Terrible, terrible, terrible. That was my worst. Matt Colin? I got sick over the holidays, too. I took about three weeks off and uh, not work at all. And then I completely misjudged everything. And I ended up with way more assignments and way more clients looking for existing pictures. I ended up working every one of the days that I was supposed to take off. And in the middle of that, I got sick and it was not a whole lot of fun. That was, that was really the only bad thing that happened. I had a couple good shoots. I did a commercial shoot for a company that makes coolers and travel mugs and stuff like that, uh, with a world champion steer wrestler. That was really cool. We got to go onto his ranch and drive around in a four wheeler. He almost dropped us off the side of a mountain, which was pretty scary i don't know there were guns around and people barbecuing meat and oh my God. Uh, cows and whatever so if this wasn't in oregon no 
no, <laughs> it was in Southern California. Uh, okay. No, or not Oregon. Did you get a free mug and like? I did. I got like a that? free mug and it's awesome. Yeah, it really. I not to do any advertising for them, but I saw a picture of a truck that caught on fire and burned up, and when they pulled the uh, the travel mug out of it, there was still ice in the travel mug. The there truck go. completely caught in flames. If that's not advertisement, I don't know what is. Well, I didn't say who it was for yet. Ah, that's it. There you <laughs> go. Uh, anyway, and so the other good shoot, I didn't have any bad ones, but the other good shoot I wanted to mention was I shot the San Jose Sharks versus the Detroit Red Wings the other night. And it was the first time that I got to shoot from the Getty hole on the in the in the glass hmm. usually i'm relegated to shooting either from the tv wells up top or through a hole that's next to one of the benches and the up top is fine shooting through the hole on the side is really difficult because you can only stick your lens through the hole so far so a lot of the ice is just completely off limits to you and if something's going on and it's too close to your side or something like that up the ice you're not going to be able to get any pictures of it you just don't have an angle and you can't shoot through the glass because of the angle and it's just a you know you end if you're if you end up with like 10 or 12 good pictures from the whole game you're really coming out ahead because just not enough of the action takes place from there but the getty hole is at the end of the ice so you have basically an angle on the whole ice and it was amazing i I was shooting way more than I've ever shot at a hockey game before. And you get these great rushes where they're coming directly at you and then crashing into the boards right in front of you. So I ended up with like 40 or 50 good pictures from that game, which is way, way more than normal. And it was a lot of fun. Like I was like looking at the clock like, oh, is that all the time that's left? Because I wish that it was a lot longer. And that never happens. Yeah, Getty. Getty has a good hole. Yeah, he's got a good deal, you know? Yeah. That's pretty uh, much it. No bad right. shoots. So. Yeah, we're going to mosey on down. This is, you know, it's, it was actually December. Good stuff, but it's January 2016. So, Happy New Year to you again, everyone. In Masterclass, we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on a plate to your ears. You got something to say? Tell us at BigLensFastShutter.com And if you love us more and if you want to give us a lot of money or even a little bit, please go to Patreon.com slash BLFS. We are making a couple changes to the podcast and one of them is going to be that you win is going away. And it's places... Why? Why is it going away, Matt? The overall quality, the overall participation has not been good. We think that we can help you more by it not being a contest and for us to give you something, an assignment to shoot for the month and then talking about the results that you got the next month. And we're going to blend that in with Masterclass. So the topic that we discuss in Masterclass is then going to be the assignment for the next month and then we will talk about how you did after that, and then give you a different assignment for the following month. This month's masterclass topic and this month's assignment desk topic is going to be panning, but not obvious panning. For example, you can go to an auto race and you know where the direction that the cars are coming, and after a little bit, you can figure out the speed 
And then you can just sit there and make the same picture a million times over and over again. That's fine. And if that's what you want to do, there's nothing wrong with it. Like I'm still going to pan a lot while I'm shooting barrel racing. And if I shoot any auto racing this year, I'm sure I'll do some of that. But it's also, again, we talk about the high risk, high reward kind of situations where if you're just panning auto racing from the grandstands or something like that, those pictures are going to look all the same. And there's absolutely no difference in your pictures versus everybody else's pictures because there's a bunch of races at every track. And if you stand in the same place and there's a bunch of other people who throughout the weekend are doing the same thing, all your pictures are going to look the same and you're not going to get ahead. If you are using panning kind of in the way that as an advantage to do something that other people aren't doing, then it's hard because you're not guaranteed if you don't know where the action is coming from and where it's going to, and if it's not a consistent speed all the time, then you're going to miss a lot, but the ones that you make are going to be much better and certainly unique because other people won't be doing the same thing. And even if they are, they're going to have a different angle on it. You're still probably, if you get it right, you're still probably going to be ahead. I was thinking about this the other night because I was shooting basketball game for like the second night in a row and I got a little bit bored. I ended up shooting a whole half with both of my cameras. So a wide and a tele slow shutter. So I was panning for basketball. The reason that this is difficult and the reason I'm going to use this as an example is because there are 10 guys on the floor plus the refs. When a guy's bringing the ball up the court, other guys are going to be walking in front of him. He can go straight ahead. He can go to the left or the right. He can stop and pass the ball. Like There's you know an infinite number of outcomes every time up the court. It's not like running around a track where you have to stay on the track and you have to go in the right direction. And so it's very predictable what's going on. So I sat there for the whole half and all I did was pan and try to predict, okay, the point guard is coming up and he, if he runs to the right, then I'm going to pan with them to the right. And if he runs left, I'm going to pan with them to the left. And if he starts going towards the basket, I'm going to have to try to figure out how to mimic his action to the basket so that at some point in time, uh, I'm going to be able to match his relative speed with the camera and get a decent panning shot. So I probably made, let's say, 80, 85 pictures or something like that for that half of basketball. And maybe three of them worked out, but the three that worked out, nobody else who shot that game have at all. Because even if they had been panning themselves, the openings and closings of players running in between the subject are not going to be the same for anybody else. Even if somebody was sitting right next to me, it wouldn't be because these gaps in the players that are in between you and your subject are very, very small and very short. And it's just going to be impossible for somebody to do exactly what you're doing. And while the uniqueness of the picture is important, it's also important to add the depth to the pictures. So if you're, again, going back to barrel racing or auto racing or track and field or something like that, where you know what's going on and you can isolate the action, there's probably not going to be very much between you and your subject. When you add the difficulty of shooting something that's more unpredictable with things running in between you and your subject, the depth is going to be increased. So there's going to be stuff going on that's out of focus and blurry in the foreground. And then you have your subject in the background that adds depth to your picture and makes it more interesting than if you were just shooting a guy running up and down the court with the basketball. You can do that, that's fine, but it's the it's the depth that makes the picture more interesting and it's what you're doing that makes the picture more unique 
and this is basically what we preach to you every month anyway. So this is a technique that we want you to try this month. So it's indoor sports. We're talking about hockey and basketball and maybe some volleyball. There should be ample opportunities to practice this stuff in the month between when this goes live and the next one does. So we want to see you try it out, at least be thinking about it while you're shooting. Yeah. Um, I just want to add because I did some um, not tracking, not roaming. What are we doing again? Panning. Streaming. Panning. <laughs> so I was just kind of writing something else for the show. Um, panning. I did uh, for the figure skating because it is, you know, you can do a lot of panning over there as well. And because they're waiting sequin, you know, for most like men's and women, they come out quite beautifully when you pan for a very, very long time. As Matt said, because of the fact that certain sports, they kind of kind of zigzag, go back and forth, things like that. Your hit rate for these type of panning will be very, 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 very low. It's normal. So don't get too kind of frightened about it that you're going to think, oh my God, I'm going to waste the entire second half of this game shooting, uh, panning, whatever sports you're doing. And I'm not going to get like any. You'll probably, if you, I mean, it'd be, I mean the whole point is you got to practice, right? The whole point for assignment desk is that you, you practice. So even, you know, you will, you will do your panning. And you will try it. And then even if you don't get a good result, tip, you know, give us the best one that you've got and show us. And then, you know, well, then we'll basically talk about what went on and what, what was good and what was bad about it. So it's really like no longer a competition between you guys. It's just a competition with kind of yourself and trying to show us like what um, you've done for this month and what you can then take it a step further after that. But do remember that we don't want to see a panning shot of like 30ths of a second because it's not really panning. So like less than 15, we can probably start from there. You can go to one second if you want to, that's also panning as well. So be patient, don't be afraid, and um, yeah, just make sure you listen, okay, do your homework, and we'll see what you've actually got next month. If you came here looking for info on Training Ground, you are out of luck. We've moved it to YouTube and therefore you'll get to see your rewards and punishments on video. Go to youtube.com and search for Big Lens Fast Shutter for separate words. Think we only say bad things about sports photography? You say we got no soul? Hell no. We're going to prove you wrong with time to hold your fellow sports photographers hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy. Before we start, have you heard of Patreon? Oh yes. Give it a go and pledge for us and make us happy. And meanwhile, make yourself happy. Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash blfs so um i think it was a kevin sosa gave us a link to the sports photog the best sports photos of 2015 um sport from sports illustrated and as usual it's a pile of shit and but there are some you know really not as usual as recently it's been very bad for the past couple of years yes Ever since I was on it, it's been basically. Bad. So that's why it, it shows you the level <laughs> of um, um, SS really gone downhill since Matt's joined. So really sorry about that. Anyways, 
Yeah. Let's, let's, not, let's not get into it because Matt's going to start crying. <laughs> what we, well, you know, but still, there are things that we can talk about. Matt has chosen one, and I have, I have chosen one, and we're going to cross Conrad. So, Matt Cohen, which one's yours? This is a steaming pile of shit in general. And I just wanted to say real quickly why that is. So everybody knows that SI laid off a bunch of their photographers, well, all of their photographers, and then use some of them as freelance guys, and but mostly just takes wire pictures. These are not the best sports photos of 2015. I don't really think that anybody other than the people that picked them could say that. Yes, there are some good pictures on here, but there are also some really, really bad pictures on here. And the reason isn't because the people that shoot for SI are bad. It's because this list is made up of pictures that SI already had the rights to, so it didn't cost them anything. And because SI basically fired all of their editors as well, the people who are really good at picking the pictures and knowing where to look and curating a list of good pictures aren't there anymore. And so what you have is like that afternoon of a couple interns going through the wires that of the pictures that SI already owns and coming up with this. It's not good. We'll have the link to all of them in here. And there are the standard dreadlocks and face paint pictures. And there are the just stock action pictures and a couple ones that were a good idea that didn't work out. And then at the very, very bottom of all of it, there's a couple of good pictures. The one that I'm choosing is by Bruce Bennett of Getty Images. It is a hockey picture. It is the New York Islanders and Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm guessing. It's very hard to see. But anyway, it is a goalie who is laying down probably on top of the puck he's in the goal and it's a slow shutter so he's the only one that was still everybody else was still skating around so they're blurred so you have an anchor of the goalie and the goal cage and the lines but then everything else is in motion shot from a remote camera directly above the goal this is a good picture no question about it you could probably convince me that it was one of the 100 best pictures taken in the year but you could also probably convince me the other way because it's a good picture it was a good idea and it was well done but you know again it's a remote shot from up top and to do something like that you really need to get something special the only special thing here really is the motion that he got by making the the shutter really slow so this is good this is great for uh the other pictures that are on the list but one of the best ever lists. Um, no, it's 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 definitely not. But uh, the idea that you have one stationary thing and everyone else is moving is something you're probably like you know you're gonna be thinking about for the assignment disc as well because that's also something you can definitely do. What I don't like about this is that it's a bit haphazard in the way that people are moving. If everybody like if if the shutter speed was slower, it'd be a lot blurrier. I think I would liked it more because then you'll really see smatter of just like colors going all over the ice and i kind of think for my taste like as much as i like this photo the shutter speed is too fast so had it been like i don't know fifth of a second you know something like that and you'll see a lot more blur going on which i would like like because i don't think the goalie would have actually moved in that you know fifth of a second and everything will be much much blurrier and i would like like to actually have seen that one so that's my take on this one Something you can basically, you know, start thinking about for the assignment desk that will make it more interesting for you. 
My one is uh, it's number ninety-seven. I think it's ninety-seven. Yeah. yeah, 97. It's Brooke Lopez of the Brooklyn Nets um, stuffing uh, Robert Covington of the, the probably the best team in the in the entire planet, <laughs> the history of NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers. What I obviously like about the fact that it's it, there's flash, there's thrill, something that I've not seen like on the on the nba i've seen like in high school and things like that like this kind of stuff but like never on the nba and i was talking with matt about it before we started recording the segment and he said that um this probably team photographer who got to like you know set up lights up top from the ceiling and just kind of beam it down which i think is really cool because i do things like that for football i just kind of you know i do this exactly what what this thing does and it makes it very dramatic and it makes it very beautiful i'm not crazy about the action because it's quite you know it happens things get things get blocked all the time and i'm fine with that but i think i love the idea i think it looks beautiful so this is my pick again we were talking about this before and i'm guessing that this is the team photographer for the for the nets don't does the home team wear white home team always usually wears lighter colors until until unless yeah. you have like the special color that they wear nobody's usually white anyway so you're the team photographer for a basketball team and in the in nba they have 41 home games so this is the kind of thing where you can do this you know if you get to the level of technical uh prowess that you can set up strobes and control exactly where the light's going with flags or barn doors or something like that so that the the light is only going exactly where you want it apparently right below the hoop you know that's great the thing is that you have 41 games to be able to do this i don't want the guy in the foreground even though he's not in the light he's still it still bothers me like this picture needs to be the whole point of it is that it looks like a picture that you would make for an ad, but it's storing game action, and that's nice. But if you can do this as many times as you want, then it becomes, let's get a better version of it. And this is good. This is a good picture. And, you know, anybody would be happy to have made this. But, we're, again, we're talking about supposedly the best sports photos of the whole year. And you have a guy who's completely in the light, who's not doing anything whatsoever, and then you have a guy in the foreground blocking the subjects of the picture who's not in the light, that takes away from it for me. And it just, it goes from being, um, I, I don't know, an, an interesting kind of picture to, yeah, I, I can see what he was going for there, and that's a really cool idea, and he executed it really well, but the editing of this should have been better. Like, this shouldn't make the list. Like, yeah, this makes the website after the game like, oh, look what our team photographer did. That's cool. But does it make the best of, you know, every single sports photographer in the whole world's best pictures from a whole year? No, it does not. I'm sorry, it doesn't. So, you know, this is the kind of thing where it would be cool to try if you have access to big flashes and the rafters at a basketball game. Try it out. You know what I realized? I was just looking at it. Because Lopez is really, like, his uh, arm is, like, you know, it's too exposed, right? Like, it's overexposed. Yeah. I think they're exposing everything for the black guy. 
because obviously, if you kind of like take percentage of like how many black guys are in the NBA, there's far yeah. more. So he's thinking that okay, I'm gonna expose the the black skin rather than the white skin. I just thought about it. Yes, it's it's a very genius interpretation of the whole thing. So of course that because obviously you know yeah you get a more chance of. But the thing is, the main player, like the main guy on the Nets, is Lopez. Um, but again, uh, we're gonna have the link to all of the pictures and then the links to the two that we're talking about and look through there and figure out how many of those pictures yeah. you could have made. Probably too many of them for for this to be any kind of list. Like it was depressing when SI let go of their staff photographers, but I think that the hidden thing of when they cut down their editing staff a few years ago and then further just basically stopped paying for pictures that they didn't already have subscriptions to or that their guys didn't make just really cut out a lot of people who are doing really great work and substituted a bunch of pictures that have no business being on a best of list just at all okay that's enough rambling by matt so we'll just cut it over there so that was the wonderful cross cut And with that, we end the 51st episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter, the first one of 2016. Can't do this without uh, you, my wonderful, beautiful listeners, and obviously Rob, the two Bs, our wonderful producer. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Coin, please go to our Facebook page and like us, Big Lens Fast Shutter. You'll be able to find it. Better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any and. Any of our latest and greatest hits. And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. Some people have some problems with it, but um, yeah, just try it. I'm sure you'll be able to actually do it. And um, obviously, uh, Patreon.com and pledge on our show monthly. To repeat, Facebook, blog, iTunes, and Patreon.com slash BLFS. Rinse, repeat, love us more. See you next month.